Well, I can't wait to meet our host. I hear this is only one of his beat parties. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Stay positive, the love will come back to me. Hey everybody, welcome back to Too True to Lie with Harry Day. I am Harry Day. My stories are too true to lie. Man, that sounds arrogant. Please forgive me. Um, I do not have an episode prepared at all for tonight. Aside from a thought I had today about what life was like before all this modern technology. And that's relative to one's age and time frame and when they were born and when they were raised and how much they actually absorbed all this new technology or, you know, some people still have flip phones. And I remember having my first phone, and it was a flip phone. That was around the year 2001, no, 2002, somewhere after the year 2000. I I didn't have one before. And I thought that I could talk about what, I guess I'm a Generation X person. I was born in 1969. I do not know a thing from personal experience about 1969. I was born in November, the fourth day of November. I believe it was an election Tuesday, 1969. So when 1970 rolled around, I was not quite two months old. So I was still pooping diapers Um, I don't know if I breastfed or not. You know, it's not something you just say, hey, mom, did I breastfeed? And if I did, for how long? And what was it like? You just don't go there with your mom. (laughs) And I'm fortunate and blessed to still have my mother with us. She's in her 80s. She drives around. She volunteers at her church. She is still an amazing cook. And she was there all that time that I was growing up. In my time frame, I would call pre-technology. I remember my first video game. It was Christmas in the late 1970s. I was wearing pajamas. We had a Christmas tree in the living room. It was a tree we cut probably right off the Natchez Trace um, along the Ross Barnett Reservoir on the Madison County side. That's usually where we went and got our Christmas trees the first 10, 15 years of my life. Um, I remember the big, <laughs> the big gift one Christmas was the video game. The video game known as Pong. And if you're not familiar with Pong, 
kind of based on ping pong. I believe the game had been around a lot longer as far as the computer tech industry. It had been around. Gosh, there seems like there was a story where Asteroids was a game even in the 50s. Just in the computer world industry. That might have been a different game. I might have covered that on an early episode because it's, it's, it's familiar. But I remember getting Pong and I don't know how we hooked it up to the TV. Those big, huge cabinet TVs. But we hooked, hooked it up to the TV somehow. I have no idea how we hooked that. My dad did it, I'm sure. And you had the the game panel and you had the dials and you sat there on the floor in front of the TV and you turned your dial and it went up and down so you could stop the ball and bounce it back. And it had auto where you played the computer and then it had two player. And that was video games. That was high tech in the 1970s. Amazing, right? For all you younger people that don't listen to my show. Um, after that, Atari came out with all the games. It was still kind of basic. I remember Defender, Berserk, Adventure. Um, the dogs are playing, having a big time. Um, there were a lot of games. And you put the game cartridge into the panel, boom, plugged it in, and then you had two plugged in joysticks with red buttons for like trigger. Gosh, I played those games. I just remember, you know, I, I, I don't get mad at Ethan when he's up there playing his games. Although his are so, in, not intense, but just so interactive. There's so much to remember. There's so many different ways to achieve things on these games that he has. It's just, it's brilliant. I couldn't do it unless I sat there and learned. Hey, I'm trying to do a show. And you're in here playing, like, juveniles. Give me a break. Okay? Give me a break. No. Y'all have caused me... You're gonna, you're gonna, they're, they're down here between my feet underneath the microphone, which is on top of a box of Kleenex in a drawer in front of my keyboard in front of my computer. My technology. I'm going to drink some of my tea. This is Arizona green tea with honey. Oh, what are you doing, Pancho? Um, Atari. So, I remember having that game, and I actually had a TV in my room. I don't think I had any. I don't think I could... No, I had three channels. I had four channels. The, the fourth channel was PBS, and it was grainy. You had NBC, CBS, ABC. ABC was UHF. The other ones were VHF, I think. Ah! Stop biting my feet. I am working here. <laughs> Come on, button. Give me a break. Crazy dog. Uh, I, I was... Not many people in my neighborhood had Atari that I remember, and some of the kids would come over and play Atari with me. It was kind of like tying a pork chop around the kid's neck so the dog would play with them, except uh, give a kid an Atari and the other kids would come over and play. It wasn't like that with me, though. I mean, I had friends. After Atari, 
I just don't remember it after that. I guess I'd become a teenager. I mean, I played a lot of golf. I went out. We were kids. We went outside. We played in the woods. I had a dirt pile. I played in a dirt pile, and I had BB guns, so I went out and shot birds. My mom would say, "It's okay to go out and shoot birds." It was just. It was just in the South and Mississippi, especially. It was just common knowledge you did not shoot mockingbirds. They were the state bird. I remember one afternoon in the fall shooting one in my backyard. I was home alone, so I shot it. It was right down by the lake. And it didn't die. It was flopping around the ground. And I hear a car, and I look up, and it's my mom coming home. And so I freak. So I take the butt of the BB gun, and I smush the bird, and I kick it off in the lake. She wouldn't have come down and seen it anyway. But what she told me was, you can shoot the blue jays, but don't shoot the blackbirds. Well, dad would say, you can shoot all the blackbirds you want. There are hundreds of them, but don't shoot the blue jays. I like the blue jays. So I shot them both <laughs> and just never told them. They didn't check up on what I was shooting. They didn't come out and spy on me in the yard. You know, this was a different era, such a different era. My my friend across the lake, he did the exact same thing. We would get together and go walk up along the uh, the uh, property boundary of the Natchez Trace. There was a trail in these woods, and we would just creep along and shoot birds, hang them up in the trees by their necks and the forks and the limbs for other. Because when you know all the kids in the neighborhood rode bikes on these trails, and then as we got older, they they rode. The same trails and motorcycles and three-wheelers because we didn't have four-wheelers. We had three-wheelers. I didn't have either. I had a boat on the lake, a 50-acre lake. Friends lived on across the lake and up the lake and over on the far, far corner of the lake and then up the hill past where we had a little baseball field where now there's a house. This is in the neighborhood I grew up in. Um, we played baseball. We played football in, in Michael Denny's yard. We uh, rode bikes everywhere. We had dirt clawed wars. We didn't have any BB gun wars. There was one, I was too young. Everybody was picking on this guy named Robbie and shooting him because he was in a, he chose a dumb place and everyone could see him. So everyone was shooting him. I was behind my friend Lou from across the lake watching him. You're only supposed to pump the BB gun one time to shoot and everybody but Robbie was pumping it up like five and six times and popping them. It was, it was so cruel, but you know, we were, we were little kids. We were just kids. So back to technology, I can remember the pickup truck I learned to drive had an eight track. An eight track was a huge plastic box with uh, real R-E-E-L tape in it that the music was recorded on that played in the stereo in the dashboard of your vehicle. The truck had an 8-track player and a radio. It was all the same thing. If I want, when cassette tapes came out in the 80s 
And I was driving by 85, I guess. Driving legally. I started driving at 9 at Deer Camp. Um, they had this converter that you stuck into the 8-track that you could then put your cassette tape in and it would play. And that was probably a narrow window of technology, the 8-track player. And even narrower, the 8-track cassette converter, cassette player, that I had to have until I finally got a cassette deck put in the truck. I mean, I, I rarely got whatever I... I didn't get anything I wanted growing up. My dad didn't have all the money he made in the late 90s and the early 2000s. In the 70s, he didn't have that. He was putting it back into his company trying to make it work. And he did, because he was a good businessman. The 80s helped a lot, the alarm business. Um, God, what game came after Atari? I, I just don't feel like I had a Nintendo or a Sega. I think I went back outdoors. I mean, we only played our video games when the weather was bad or it was dark. If it was nice out, we were outside, in the dirt pile, riding bikes, walking around, playing football, playing baseball, uh, fishing. You know, we fished a lot. We would go around the lake with our baby guns and shoot snakes to the point where we rarely saw snakes in that lake because we killed them all. Um, I guess I'll need to jump ahead. Everything was landline. You know what a landline is? What time is it? What are we looking at here? Gosh, this is going to be such a short episode. Someone might listen to it all the way through then. Anyway, let's have some tea. We've got time. Everybody had landlines. We were riding our bikes around the neighborhood. It was a big loop. Actually, it was kind of a figure eight with a big fat bottom and a, and a narrow loop top and some offshoot trails. Because there were no neighborhoods around our neighborhood. We had all woods. Now they're all neighborhoods, but I'm not a kid, so it doesn't matter, right? My kids, doesn't matter to them either. They don't go outside a whole lot anymore. Ethan does. He goes and plays with the neighbors. We're out in the country. Summer's a teenager. Um, the landlines, everyone had a landline. When I first started calling my friends on the telephone, you pick up the receiver off the big plastic box with the, you know, the early ones had the, had the round rotary dial that you had to, you know, the nine and the zero were the farthest dial. It would go all the way around and let go. All the way around and let go. The one was just doom, doom. Two is a little more, three a little more, all the way to zero, all the way around, let go. And it goes da, 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 da. So, in the early days, we only had to dial five numbers. Madison is 856. Our number was 856-6-bleep-82. My mom has that number still at her home just because, I guess. I mean, it's a good emergency number, emergency line in case your cell goes bad. 
because the phone lines were always good, even if the electricity was out, as I recall. Why did my computer go dark? Oh, just going to sleep. Wake up, computer. Let's see. I, I knew Michael Denny's number. I knew the Cully's number. I don't remember any of the other numbers now. I still remember their numbers. Now, whether they have them or not, I don't know. Probably not. But you only had to dial the 6 on the 856 and then the last four digits to call anyone in Madison. That's how small we were back then. little country town. Um, now you have to dial all seven numbers, I imagine. And if you're dialing around the state, you have to do the area code too, I believe, which would be 10 numbers. So that we're moving to more and more numbers, kind of like computer code. I want to say in sixth grade at Madison Regional Academy, where I went to school from kindergarten all the way through to graduating high school, 12th grade, 1987. I want to say I was in 6th grade. 6th grade was held in these two trailers, the only trailers on the, in the big property of MRA. And there were two rooms in one trailer. That was two 6th grade classes. And there was two rooms in the trailer across from it with a cover over the center on the wood uh, platform in between. There was another sixth grade class, and then the fourth room was the computer room. I remember, and I'm dating myself, not that it matters, because I don't remember when this happened, but I remember being in the computer room, in computer class, whatever grade I was in, when Matt Lind, who I know on Facebook now, he was uh, in my grade, bust into the room and said, the space shuttle blew up. We knew the space shuttle was taken off that day. Space shuttles had been going up for a few years. But uh, was it the Challenger or the Columbia? The Challenger, I think, was going up and blew up, lifting off. You know, got a mile up or less, whatever. Um, but the computer lab... There was nothing to learn in computers. It was like simple codes, real simple codes that I didn't understand, but I knew if I keyed it in properly, it worked. And so I keyed it in properly and it worked, but I didn't know really. I was like, what good, what good are these things? What's the use? Why can't we read books? <laughs> I used to read a lot of books. I have a books. I have a huge bookshelf in my living room full of all the books I read. I read biographies I, I read history mostly American history uh, and that's what I read <laughs> sometimes there'll be a book out of about a certain subject or person or maybe it's just an author I want to read that's rare I read everything Kerouac wrote just about but he wrote about his life there's a lot of historical stuff but uh, people, I don't read books now. I read short stuff. I write books, but it's all fiction. I completely make it up. I just make it up. Um, landlines. Let's get back on to landlines. I'm going to have to make this a short episode because 
I am jumping all over the board. The landlines are still around, very rare. But say you're off in the neighborhood somewhere and you need to call home. Well, in our neighborhood, everyone knew everyone. And you would go to the house closest to when you needed to use the phone of someone you knew the best. If I was on the very far corner of the neighborhood, I could go to the Jacobs house and use their phone. If I was across the lake, I'd obviously use the Cully's phone. If I was down the lake, I would use the Blues or the Denny's phone. And then if I was off in the woods, uh, you know, you didn't have a phone and you didn't send up smoke signals because you'd probably start a big fire and it turned into a forest fire. And you didn't need to be doing that stuff, even though it'd be, uh, you know, as a kid, you'd get away with it unless you did it more than once. Um, I was in college. It was all landlines. You had to remember everybody's number. How did we remember everyone's number? You didn't have to remember everyone's number. You had to remember the number at the house or at your friend's house. It was kind of simple. I guess you wrote them down and kept them in your wallet. I can't remember. Wow. I graduated college, no cell phones. They had those big, huge, cell phones with giant batteries in them that probably gave you cancer. I never had one of those. They're expensive. Okay, I moved to Oregon. No cell phone. We had a landline. I moved back. Moved to Charleston. I remember, I remember having a landline. That That was getting into the years where everyone had a cordless telephone. <laughs> that was the high tech in the uh, 90s were the cordless telephones. They didn't have a cord. So you could walk around. You put it in your pocket. But if you got so far away from its base, then it didn't work. Like you couldn't go outside too far. Seems like my first telephone was when I moved to California in 02. I know in 99 when we were in Mexico doing the surf trip... We would stop and use pay phones to call home and tell everybody we were okay and not kidnapped or dead or sick. But I got sick the 29th night. But that's all in the Mexico surf trip. You have to roll back to those episodes if you want to hear all about the 30 days in Mexico. That was quite a quite an expedition. Um, that was all about lighters and tweezers and <laughs> surfboards <laughs> and, and petrol gas let's see I guess it seems like I was in California 939 seems like a familiar number when I got a cell phone it was a flip phone you could store numbers on it I thought it was really interesting I remember uh, tore up in early 03 and came back to Mississippi to my parents' house where I grew up, had knee surgery and was healing from tearing my ACL. I had a triple pop in my knee, dirt boarding down uh, these bike trails up in the canyons. 
overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Running really canyons. It was up in the hills. Um, I had to change my cell phone. Obviously, I had to change my number. But I think I had to get a completely different cell phone because of the service was different. Again, flip phone. And I guess after that, that started the whole cellular phone thing. That also started 0201. I think 2000 was when I got my first laptop computer. Because I was dating this girl, and I remember sitting in her living room with my laptop, and I started my first year of fantasy football on the internet with a bunch of friends. I didn't start the league, I don't think. But I run it now. That's been 20 years. Wow. I've won it once. <laughs> what other technologies? You know, that's why people have a producer or a number two when they're doing shows. Because they can bounce ideas and questions off each other. And my dogs don't respond to me like that at all. And I will not have a cat. I like them, but I don't want one. Technology. What would be a good song outro for something about technology? Maybe the first, Maybe a song that was one of the first videos on MTV. Remember when MTV came out in the early 80s? Back when, I haven't watched MTV in forever. Back when they actually played music videos all the time. But you saw the same ones three times a day because there weren't that many. That's when bands got big, like real big. Besides Elvis, he was big. Um, technology. What are some other technologies that have uh that were so huge in the 70s and 80s? I've done you know, I remember when CDs came out after the cassette tapes. I was it was 90s, it was late 90s it seems like. On the, I know we were playing cassette tapes in our, in my van in Mexico in 99. We had about I had a collection of tapes that I listened to. And then disc players came along not not much longer after that. That was an incredible on-air yawn. Yeah, this is just kind of a... I mean, I wasn't into it when I started this episode. Just a little yawny, a little tired, sleepy. Been getting up early even though I haven't... I'm kind of in a mode where I don't have to get up early like when I'm taking the kids to school, but we had the baseball tournament and then we had uh, the Mississippi State baseball game. I had to get up early and go get the kids at Poppy's and take them to the game. And then um, I had to get up earlier than usual today. All I've been doing lately, now that baseball season coaching Little League is over, And uh, the spring uh, art festival season is over. I've been writing a new novel. I'm not going to go into it, except it's about all the classical monsters 
that everyone knows from Halloween um, all live on an island. And there's not just one of them. There's multiple monsters of the same genre. There's Frankensteins. There's witches. There's vampires. There's werewolves. There's zombies. There's headless horsemen who have no horses or pumpkins because it doesn't grow on the island that all these monsters live on. And people, sailors, it's early 1800s, people sailing in ships who shipwreck for whatever reason near this island, which is probably north of Scotland somewhere up in the North Atlantic, go onto this island and it's just a matter of time before one of these group of monsters get them for either their blood or their meat or their organs or all of the above. They trade, they work among they work together except the vampires are pissed off at the werewolves. The werewolves aren't telling everybody that there's new meat on the island and they're just ripping the meat apart and all the blood goes into the soil and the vampires can't drink it. Anyway, I'm writing this long well i'm I'm writing this horror novella, but it's got humor involved to an extent as horrible as humor God dang as humor I'll cut this off soon as humorous as uh you know horror and the dissection of human bodies and the consumption of their meat and blood can be, I guess it can't be real funny, it's the, it's the humor between the monsters. And I'm I'm not going to go any, was that you? Hey dog. I'm not going to go any too, any too, I can't even talk, I'm not going to go any further into that. We're hitting 30 minutes here. I gotta make a song, and then I can go lay up and get some sleep. Uh, man, that game Pong though. You know what I'm saying? You're old <laughs> now. If you played Pong, if you got Pong for Christmas, you're old. You're older. You're old as me. But who knows where that 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 has long been crunched into the earth at a landfill, or who knows? I've often I used to think, where do all the old cars go? This is a long time ago. So, you know, you, you, I remember seeing all these cars that were like big and heavy and fancy and had certain colors and I don't see them anymore. Where, where'd they go? Where are they parked? Are they off parked somewhere in this huge lot just sitting there? I didn't know that they went to the recycler and got crunched up and recycled. The metal got used for whatever recycled metal gets made into, the plastics now get recycled into. I saw some trash cans. Where was I? I was at Mississippi State at the baseball game and their trash can containers that cover up the trash cans on the inside are made of recycled milk jugs. And those things are all over the place at the stadium. So that's a lot of milk jugs. And I, I really think that's a cool, cool idea and a great way, you know. I'm, I mean, I'm no, I do not believe in global warming. 
Uh, the only climate change I believe in is when the climate changes itself. But uh, recycling is cool, man. I'm, I'm into recycling. I mean, I do that with metal. I, I find metal. I go get metal and uh, I turn it into my sculptures. And uh, I make a lot more selling a sculpture off, say, it becomes five pounds of metal than I would with five pounds of metal going to the scrapyard where I'd get, like, nickels. I could sell a five-pound piece of metal for anywhere from 20 to to $100 or more, depending on how intricate it are. But the technology growth... It's very interesting. It's interesting to me. Um, I doubt this episode is very interesting to you unless you just want to hear the drone of my voice. I've had people tell me they enjoy that. So, enjoy. Thank you. Um, I don't make any money doing this. I do this for fun. I'm not really having fun tonight doing this. I don't know why. It's. I guess I do know why. The only people in the house are me. Kids are off. At their uh, poppies, their grandfather on my ex's side, and they're having a nice relaxing time up there with Poppy, and he he needs and deserves that company, so they can stay as long as they want this week. We're going on a trip next week, me and the kids, my ma. My ma is who I have left, besides my kids, and so I cherish all those moments, savor it, lap it up. Enjoy it, slow it down, and enjoy those moments with your kids, if you have kids, or with your mom or dad, if you still have your mom or dad. And if you do have siblings, I don't. You know, if you got if you got a riff with them, you better fix it. One of y'all might not be around the next time. So fix that stuff. You know, make make things right while you can before time comes around and squishes you down into the ground. It can happen. Don't want it to happen, but it can. And that's why you've got to be positive and be kind. And like I say, spread that ripple of kindness out to all those that you come in contact with so that they can do the same thing. On the phone today, I was I was informed via mail that I had an issue with a credit card from my bank on a charge and so I called it and I got a woman on the line and we were talking and she just sounded very monotone you know not into it so I kind of positived my voice and and got kind and you know, said thank you and yes ma'am and things like that. And by the end of the phone call, and it was just a two minute phone call, maybe three, she was she was kind and she was she thanked me and oh it was all over nothing. But yet kindness bloomed and and that should be your goal after listening to this is spreading kindness and joy. And with that, all I want you to have is a little triangular piece of pie called PEACE!